Hi, I'm Sam Garland. I'm an actor in Brooklyn, New York, and I believe that everyone on this planet is deeply creative. And not only that, I believe that engaging with our creativity is what connects us to our humanity and to our divinity. Whether it's starting a business, homeschooling your kids, cooking, painting, dancing, writing, acting, knitting, gardening, we are all called to express ourselves in myriad, incredibly unique ways. These are our gifts to the world. And yet, and yet, most every artist suffers terribly from self-doubt, from fear of public humiliation, from being too hard on themselves. That's certainly been my journey. I've done a lot of work on why my brain attacks when I'm being creative and how I can let this thing that I'm called to do out into the world. I'm still figuring it out, and I invite you to join me. Hi, my friends. Welcome back. Um, (laughs) I have to start by saying... um, what an act of devotion it is for me to be recording during a heat wave because um, in my very, very uh, ad hoc uh, DIY recording studio means I am in my room um, and I turn off the AC and I turned off the fan and I draped a towel over myself. Um, I don't understand what, how this works, um, but something about creating a smaller space in which you speak somehow captures less echo. Anyway, what the result is there's less clicking sounds. There's less mouth sounds just because I am in a more contained space. Essentially the towel um, that is surrounding me and my computer and my microphone is um, absorbing some of the sound and that keeps it out of your ears. And I'm really happy to do it because sound quality is so important to me. I really love the experience of having someone's voice in my ear um, and sharing my voice with you. But it has been very hot in New York City. And I was thinking, um, as much as I love doing this, someday, dream big, I will have a place where I can go and it is cold even when I am recording and it does not mess up the sound. So... um, with that little pat on the back. I also wanted to celebrate because I didn't last time when I was recording. I was so, it's so funny. Last episode, if you listened, episode 10 was about procrastination. And I actually was trying to engage in my own procrastination habits and record ahead of time because the week before I had recorded at one o'clock in the morning, uh, the morning of publishing. And I was like, wow, something is up. What is up with that? And I brought that to the podcast. Anyway, I was so in the grips of like doing a thing, talking about procrastination while I was struggling with my own procrastination that I sort of missed the opportunity to also just celebrate that I had done 10 episodes, which on one hand feels like so little, on the other hand feels like such a huge freaking accomplishment. And I had gotten an email that week from Buzzsprout, which is this really amazing uh, podcast publishing site that essentially lets you upload your audio and publish out to all the different platforms that host that you listen on. You know, Podcast Addict is one of my favorites, but iTunes and um, Spotify and I can't even think of all of them, but so many people listen from so many different places. And so um, what it lets you do is uh, in one shot sort of reach all of these different audiences so that everyone can listen 
in their own little place and you can do it from one platform. And they had sent me an email saying that I had had a hundred downloads of my podcast, which to me felt freaking huge. And um, I put it on Instagram and I just wanted to say here what I said there, which is I'm so incredibly grateful that you guys are listening. I also have no idea who you are, which I kind of find amazing. I have one really close friend who is the first person I sent my podcast to before I published it to the world and just asked her, is this terrible? Just tell me, be honest. And if it's not, then <laughs> good to know. But I like I was okay publishing not perfect work. I was okay being imperfect and putting something that I was learning how to do. But I was like, just tell me if it's horrible and like no one should hear this. And I will I will heed that warning. Um, she's like, no, 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 it's great. Put it out there. And I was like, okay. Um, and I'm, and I know my mom has listened because my mom, she let me know that she and my aunts, uh, lovingly debated it, which I just warms my heart. Um, but apart from that, fascinatingly, and I don't know if this is me not understanding how things work in the podcast world, but like, I don't have comments. Like no one is reaching out on Instagram, which is really where I talk about it. Um, and I don't know what the websites, like I'm trying to think of the different platforms, right? Do you, whether you listen on Spotify or podcast addict or wherever it is. Um, I just don't think there's like a comment section. So there are reviews and I would love it if people would leave reviews. Um, that's going to be one of the things I start asking for as we move forward, because what I'm realizing is the way that anyone discovers a great podcast is because of a review. And, um, so I would love to know who's listening, but more than that, if you found something that you heard here helpful, um, if it soothed uh, the, the dark night of the soul, or if it helped you on your journey or inspired you a little bit, and you think someone else could benefit from that, I would so appreciate if you could just let that person know, like you write a review as though you're writing it to your friend and let them know why, you know, this one moment spoke to you. And that's really all it is, I think. Um, and, and leave it on whatever platform, you know, iTunes is a little tricky for reviews for leaving reviews, but I know that they matter a lot because your algorithm, something, something I don't understand yet. Um, but honestly, wherever you're listening, if there's a place to just leave a review and say, this was helpful or this made your day and, you know, a little brighter in some way, I would just love to connect with more people. Honestly, it's why I'm here. And, and I love this idea of building a tribe and really being on this journey together and like, facing our big scaries in order to do the great big um, dream that lives inside of us. I kind of think that's why we're here on this planet. So, okay. I want to talk about today um, a golden shadow, which is something I'd never heard about until mm, maybe six months ago or something like that. And my therapist brought it up to me. And Essentially, a golden shadow is someone whom you idealize and put on a pedestal and think is kind of amazing and magical, and you use it as a way to make yourself feel less than. And <laughs> I'm going to admit something here that my dear friends know, but I don't really talk about. I have the biggest girl crush on Meghan Markle who was also known as the Duchess of Sussex. She married Prince Henry and became essentially a princess a couple years ago and has now had a couple of kids. And there was a big hoopla in the news probably you saw last year when she and Prince Harry stepped down from being senior royals. Anyway, I don't know how much of this you follow. It's totally fine. My point being, she... Um, is an actress or was an actress and was on a show called Suits that ran on the USA Network. Um, 
that ran for seven years and was one of their biggest hits. But not everyone knew that because it's it's a cable network and not everyone watches watches it. Um, but I've been a fan. I was like, oh, she's really cool. It's a good show. I watched a couple seasons and then you know, stopped watching the show, just fell away from it. And then, and then all of a sudden she like exploded into the universe because she got engaged to this, um, prince who is not in line directly. He's like sixth, maybe in line to inherit the throne, but like there's a lot of people ahead of him. So it's not like a huge deal in terms of that, but it was a big deal because she was an American and she was biracial. Um, her mother is black and her father is white and she was divorced. And a lot of these things were a big deal for the monarchy in the UK. Um, and probably the worst of it, which is the reason they stepped back as senior royals, is uh, the racism that she faced and that they really were not ready to contend with. Um, but I'm not here to talk about that. I... Okay, so this is what's really interesting um, and maybe embarrassing. I don't know. So there are these websites that follow and catalog. Um, and I got into this actually with Kate Middleton when she married Prince William. Uh, they essentially catalog their outfits that they wear to different uh, events. And it sounds insane, but here's what I loved about it. Um, I love the thoughtfulness that went into every outfit. I loved seeing, you know, why this dress type or why this outfit. And then when you really dig into it, there's often so much symbolic meaning. So if they're, and, and they're similar in this way, and I think this is actually very much a legacy of Princess Diana, both um, Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle, when they go on tour somewhere, you know, if they're in New Zealand, they're often ending up wearing clothes by New Zealand designers um, and they're wearing jewelry by local artisans. And so there's a real, you kind of go for the clothes and then you stay for the social issues of it. And Meghan Markle especially was really good at this. They did a tour of South Africa and I remember just she wears gorgeous gowns and then I would show up to like see what she'd worn and then end up in this place learning so much about apartheid and the history and um there had been um they were visiting the site of a I don't know what the word is but essentially housing for um for uh, black communities that had been completely destroyed in order to build like a highway or put white people suburbs or something like that and it wasn't a well-known thing, um, maybe in South Africa, but certainly not outside of it. And that's where she and Prince Harry chose to visit and have an event. And so this really fascinating ability to use fashion to draw attention, right? Because I'm not the only one who's like, they're getting coverage from major outlets because they look beautiful. And I say they because Kate Middleton does the same thing. And I think it's so brilliant. Um, and then they end up drawing really impressive attention to things that could really impact the world. The other thing that I love about Meghan Markle, where I think she goes even further and made me a true diehard fan, is um, she has been fighting for women's rights, for women to have their voices heard and acknowledged um, since she was like 11 years old. She uh, is pretty tireless. I mean, there's she was giving talks at the UN for women's rights, you know, when she was an actress before she even knew who... Um, Prince Harry was. And and one of the things that I found when I kind of got to know her sort of, whatever, I don't know this woman, obviously, I just know her through the things that, you know, the but the speeches that she's given and the causes that she works on and the things that she produces um, is, is how tireless she is. And this sense of, I always thought she exudes this sense of having been a princess 
or really having been a queen before she even met a prince. Like she just is her own whole person and has incredible sense of boundaries and and um, kind of knowing what her value is and um, and also incredible compassion and a big heart. And okay. So uh, that's a lot of gushing for me. I feel like a 12-year-old who's sharing her tiger bean. is like, oh my goodness, do you guys know about <laughs> who was a JTT back in the day? Anyway, major crush on this woman. And somehow I was talking about her in therapy. Something must have been going on because I go through phases where I'm like, can we talk? And I call her lovingly Princess Sparkle because I think she just exudes um, joy and light. And I just like what I love what she stands for. I think it's just really impressive. And um, okay, I'll stop. Anyway, my therapist said something really interesting, which was, you know, this is an example of a golden shadow. You have this idealized version of someone who sort of you're using as, you know, I, and here's what's interesting. I don't think the problem at all is idolizing people. I don't think having role models is a problem. I don't think looking to celebrities whose values align with yours, whose work inspires you is ever a problem. I think it's all in how we talk to ourselves about it. And and I actually don't think I do this with um, Meghan Markle so much, but there, I think what he was picking up on was this sense of, I'm not that yet. You know, I, I'm not, I don't have that kind of yoga toned body. This woman grew up, her mom is a yoga instructor and she just grew up doing yoga, whatever. She looks amazing in clothes. Um, if you know anything about the Suits TV show, they were wearing like tight fitted, gorgeous dresses all the time. So like she, she was well prepared for stepping into a role where um, she's still wearing gorgeous dresses all the time. And she looks fantastic. She's got a great sense of fashion, right? There are all these lists of attributes that I was excited by. And she's got a real work ethic and a dedication to philanthropy and has been, you know, has a clear North Star about the kind of work she wants to do in the world. And anyway, and I'm not that I'm I, or identify more as like goofy and not figuring it out and or still figuring it out and not quite sure and certainly not as established in the sense of, you know, having an, an, uh, a, an empire of, uh, of, I don't know, I just feel like there's, um, empire might be the wrong word, but like such a real sense of she's built, they were called patronages. So when you're a royal, um, you essentially become someone who, uses their name and title to bring attention to different, um, to different causes and you are a patron of those causes. And so that was part of just, you know, as she stepped, as she married into the Royal family, essentially, she got to choose which causes she wanted to give her name to and her attention and her, um, yeah, her, uh, sort of rubbing off on, uh, giving her name to is probably the right expression for that. So anyway, so, um, and, and then now that they've st- but she had been doing that before she had already been working with the UN and now that they are no longer officially Royals working Royals, you know, she, she and her husband spent a lot of the lockdown this past year, figuring out what else they wanted to give their attention to and, and really building a media empire. They signed a deal with Spotify. They sp- signed a deal with Netflix. They're, they're really interested in um, anti-bullying and creating a safe space online in the internet and social media um, where people can thrive with, you know, uh, really caring for mental health. Um, so they have like a sense of who they want to be in the world and, and she's always fought for women's causes. Anyway, that clarity, I think, is what appealed to me so much. It's just like she kind of, from the outside, right, seemed to just know what she wanted and go for it. And I was like, I think that's 
And so what my therapist was saying, and really where I'm trying to get to, and apologize for the long loving rant for Meghan Markle, but also don't apologize because sorry, not sorry. You should know her and love her too, if you don't already. Um, But here's what I found fascinating is that he said, my idea of a golden shadow is someone who's never sick, is someone who never has a bad day, is someone who never has to like go to bed during the day and just be overwhelmed. And this was like in the thick of the pandemic, I think the the election in the US had just happened, the the Biden versus 45. And it I don't know if you guys went through this, remember this, but it took a week for them to come out with the results um, because of, goodness, I've blocked it out. I don't remember what happened, but they were contested ballots in a couple of states. And oh, that's what they were doing, recounts in a few states. And so there was like a really painful week where I was just reliving 2016 and sort of getting terrorized about what would happen if 45 won again. It was just a, a bad week. And there were just days where I was like, I have to climb into bed now. Like, I don't even know how to be a human today. And I'd also been going through a lot of medical stuff. So I was just naturally tired um, and needed more rest than I tend to think is needed because I like to just, you know, I have these big ambitions for myself. And so part of what he brought to my attention, which has been something I've been thinking about ever since is, um, and God, Instagram is such a perfect thing for this, right? We see the outside result of someone's hard work. Like what I know about Meghan Markle is where she shows up once a month at an event Maybe more often, but she probably got stylists helping her get, you know, her clothes. And there, there's so much, I think of it as a tip of an iceberg, right? Like we're seeing the very tip, which is the end result of a whole bunch of work that is completely invisible to us. And I don't know the team that she has. I don't know how long she's been working towards something. I don't know what sleepless nights she's had not knowing where to go next or where to lend, you know, her like what uh, to be the what causes to support, what causes to lend her name to how to how to make money in the world when, you know, they there's this whole thing where they left the royal uh, monarchy and had to figure out like you know, what is a job that somebody does who was once a prince? Like, you know, and it sounds easy from the outside because they solved it, but those are probably some really terrifying nights. Um, so, so this idea of, again, like Instagram, you see somebody's perfection, you see somebody's best moments, you see someone's prettiest dress, you see someone's glowy love message to their husband or their partner. And you think, ah, they have it figured out. They know who they are. They know what they want. They are doing the thing. And I don't know anything. And, and then the thought that follows, at least for me is like, and I suck and I'll never know. And I'm not like a fully grown adult. I should know these things by now. I should have figured it out. I should know what my art is about. I should have XYZ films under my belt, I should have, you know, like the shoulds pile up and the list of accomplishments that I think I'm supposed to have to show the world that I am accomplished, that I have arrived in some way. When I don't think I have those things, then I write a story about myself as being less than. I thought that was such a fascinating thing because I'm pretty aware of the shadow side in terms of what we regularly consider shadow, you know, like my demons, my dark stuff, the stuff that I struggle with. I've dealt with anxiety and depression for a lot of my life. And it's one of the reasons I got into life coaching. And one of the reasons I think so deeply about what makes us tick, what makes us happy, what makes us human. And I'd never really thought about this version of myself in the future, who I thought, you know, life begins when I don't get sick anymore. Life begins when I figured out 
how to lose the weight and keep it off and have the perfect toned yoga body. Life begins when my closet is full of the most gorgeous, spectacular clothes and I'm always wearing the right thing. Life begins when I meet the man of my dreams and we have this perfect love affair, right? Like they're just, and some of this is sold to us by capitalism and Hallmark and everything else. And, um, you know, there's lots of places where that can come from, but unexamined and living in our minds, it, it was just really helpful to hear reflected back at me that I sort of had this, because what it causes is this um, kind of not dissociation so much as like, you're not living the life that you are in. You're constantly like, yeah, today didn't count because I wasn't there. I wasn't at that place where my weight was perfect and the guy was there and my career, like I, you know, my career is perfect. I wasn't walking a red carpet, um, winning an award and going home to make sweet, sweet love to, to my partner. Like, and if those aren't things aren't happening, then this day is not, is not my real life. Um, and that's something, um, that was really helpful. I'm still contending with it. I think I still have days where I'm like, I don't, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I don't know how this works, which comes back to actually, I think my very first episode, I remember talking about this, that part of what is so hard and so brave And so important about being an artist is that it breaks the conventions that we are all sold, that there are paths in life, that you go to school, you get a degree, you get married, you have a job, you got two kids, you get a white picket fence, you get a dog. That is what life looks like. That is what adulting looks like. That is what the path is. I've never fit that path. And yet I constantly feel like I'm failing because I don't fit that path. And I think it's one of the ways in which artists work to bring us more alive because as comforting as that idea of that, oh, that's what life looks like is, it's an illusion. And the idea that that tragedy won't, you know, even if that is exactly what you want and you do get it nothing inures you from losing your job or from a fucking global pandemic or from your partner dying or your child's being born with an illness or, you know, so, or going bankrupt. Like there's just so much that life throws at us, even if we're on the traditional path and we tend to get lost in this ideal of, but this is how it's supposed to be. And anything that doesn't match up to that causes us a lot of distress because we're not in that. And so what I'm here to say is, Kind of examine where the places are. Either you're making a future version of yourself who's more successful, more known for her art, more um, more productive in terms of creating art and publishing, more uh, more accomplished in terms of mastery of your art. You know, how are you making that person where life begins? How are you making that person make you today less than and making you today feel bad? And or how are you making, you know, other actors or other artists, painters, writers, novelists, people with more, more success, more visible success than you, a way for you to then make you feel bad. And the only reason I think that's important is because if you are doing that, what is the consequence? Like when I feel bad, I'm like, Ma, why bother? I mean, if someone else is already doing it better than me, then why would I even try? And I think that is the loss because ultimately it matters so much that you speak your truth, that you share your vision, that you have your creativity in the world for no other reason than it is yours. It is unique. It is God given. However you think about God, 
It is a spark of divinity inside of you, and it is meant to be in the world. And so I just challenge you to ask yourself, are your golden shadows stealing that light from you? And if they are, how can you change how you think about them so they help you draw that light out? How can you be inspired by the people who inspire? How can you be inspired by your future you? You know, and be like, in the future, I will be someone who has weekends. She's got to go to bed with um, with the Cheetos and just like take a break from life. But also on Monday, I'm going to crush that red carpet. Like, I don't know. That was part of it for me was really changing my idea of what it is to show up as an artist, that it's not a on all the time kind of thing. It's a cyclical thing where there are great moments of visibility, of putting myself out there, of sharing my ideas and my vision. And there are times when I have to like huddle in the dark because I'm just on sensory overload and I'm on vulnerability hangover, vulnerability overload. I've shared so much of myself. I have to cut back and regroup and resource. And that's actually incredibly powerful. And that's what works for me. And that's the biggest thing. What works for you so that you can get your art out into the world. That is always the ultimate question I'm asking every single week. And I don't have answers for you guys. I just have really good questions and lots of my own therapy and lots of my own journeying to share with you in the hopes that it helps shed some light for you. Okay, my loves, it has been great talking to you. I would love to hear who your golden shadows are and hear you gush a little bit because I'm actually inspired by the people's joys and um, celebrity crushes. Be well. Bye.